Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Yeah. Welcome to another podcast week. Ah, I'm so freaking excited. Uh, when I started the podcast, Cassie, I was like, maybe someday Cassie will join me on the show. <laughs> oh my God, I would have done it literally any time I was like waiting for an invitation. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's so good. And I just like, I was, I dropped my daughter off somewhere right before this. And I like was on Boxer with a couple of coach friends. I'm like, you guys, Cassie's coming on my show. This is like, the moment I dreamed of when I started the podcast. <laughs> oh my God, like seriously, I would have been here any day. I admire your work so much. I love what you're doing. It's like, I wish it had been around after my abortion. And yeah, me just- too. Okay. Yes, yeah, I right. wish it had been around too. <laughs> um, so you guys, today we have Cassie Underwood with us. She is the founder of The Practice, which if you head to her website, CassieUnderwood.com, you, and we have all the links in the show notes and website and all that good stuff. But um, her work with the practice is like a, a, a reason, I don't know even what the word is, but like it's a um, culmination of many, many, many years of spiritual practice in many, many different places, including Harvard um, and all over the country. And I don't know, have you been all over the world doing this work? I, I have. know that. I mean, I've been, I've been around the world some. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the practice is your big, big shindig and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And it's a combination of spiritual work from all different places. So if you head to her website, you're going to learn all about that. Also going to learn that she wrote the book may cause love, which I, so Cassie knows my story. When I had my abortion, I realized pretty quickly that I was meant to write a book, a memoir. I didn't know what, but I was like, okay, this baby came to me because there's a voice, there's words I need to speak into the arena. So I thought it was writing a book. So I was like, well, I can't read Cassie's book because then it'll influence how I write my own book. (laughs) So it actually took me about three, no, maybe two years after I learned about your book. And finally I was like, okay, totally reading your book. So I pick it up and I just was like, if you could see my book, it's like full of pencil marks and smiley faces and underlines. And <laughs> it's just so much of what you wrote resonated with me and the message that I want to send into the world about this middle ground of there's so much more to abortion than pro-life and pro-choice and politics and religion and there's real feelings and there's real evolution and there's real transformation so um in addition to writing the book cassie does also have a program it's called revolution after abortion do you like open that periodically people can come in anytime okay yeah. So she has a uh, include, you know, which obviously includes her work with the practice and um, the spiritual energy around what it means to to heal, kind of after abortion, to process after abortion. So um, 
the way I want to run this is to just like talk about some of the things that really stuck out for me about your book. And the hard part is going to be cutting it off at some point. <laughs> but is there anything you want to say before I dive in? I just want to say, um, I'm just so, so grateful to be here. Like, I feel like if I were listening to this, listening to two women who've experienced abortion, talking to each other openly about it would have yeah. just been like soul food to me. So if anybody's out there, like you're part of this conversation too, yeah. and we see you and we're like, we're totally all in this together. Yeah. Come chat with us. Yeah. The more voices, the better. Yeah. So we know you're now. You yeah. know that, you know, I'm here because it's what I wanted. And you talk about abortion the way that you do because it's what you wanted. And so if we wanted it, there's, there's literally millions of other women out there. Exactly. And if there's, you know, if you're listening and there's anything that you want that you're not seeing, create it because that's what, you know, that whatever that inspiration is, that might be part of your, um, your evolution or self-actualization that occurs with your abortion. Yeah. I got a message today in Instagram from somebody who said, I got your name from um, her Dean Mercier, who was a guest on the podcast. I'm also doing this work and I'm working with women after abortion. And I was like, yes, <laughs> bring it on. Come on. Who else is with, like, who else is putting their voice in the arena? Cause there's so many ways to talk about this. So many. Ways. There are, and we need yeah. all of them. Yeah. So one thing that came up for me and I'm still, processing this myself, trying to talk it out and understand it myself. And I was like, who better to do it with than Cassie? <laughs> I was listening to Glennon Doyle, like a little clip on her Instagram. And she was talking about the narrative in the LBGTQ community around, I was born this way. Mm -hmm. And how that narrative can be really supportive for people. And it can give them a place and like almost a, like a footing or a foundation, like a, a place to work um, from. But then also that there are lots of women who don't feel that way. They feel like it's something they chose and there's this middle ground. Um, and that this narrative is so strong in the LGBTQ community um, that it's become almost like a protection of rights. That really resonated for me around the abortion is healthcare narrative. Mm. And I think it's so much more complicated. Like, yes, I agree. It is healthcare, but it's not just physical healthcare. And it's not just a procedure that happens and you move on with your life. For some women it is. It is, but for many of us, it's not. It's not just like getting a pap smear. It's like more than that. So I felt like there was this connection in sometimes in the narratives in a movement can actually make us feel kind of out of place. Like it wasn't just healthcare for me. If I had to say it was healthcare, it was like mental healthcare, not just like the removal of some cells that could have turned into a baby. Like and I just think it's an interesting conversation and always like part of the, for me, not feeling like I fit in the pro-choice voice. Like, I, like, 
like I had a place in it, but like the whole narrative didn't really work for me because I was sad and I was grieving and I was angry and I was confused and I didn't know if I made the right choice. And suddenly in this like healthcare conversation, those things weren't being talked about. And I feel like that's what you speak to so strongly and like what I'm still trying to process out. Yeah, when you said abortion, so I saw Glennon's post as well. I thought it was so, I love that post. Right. Um, yeah. And when you said abortion is healthcare just now, like, like my whole body like was like, yeah. it's so um, reductive to me yeah. and like yes. reductive to the experience of abortion, which for me was like a philosophical experience, a spiritual experience a self-actualizing experience <clears throat> and the decision itself to have an abortion what so much i mean yes there was a mental health care component where i was like 19 and, and an alcoholic and um didn't well i think i knew i was an alcoholic <laughs> it was pretty clear i was an alcoholic but um, <laughs> i had a lot of anxiety and depression issues and um so like essentially like just Yes, there was a abortion as healthcare component, but it was like so much more than that. It was literally in and of itself a philosophical decision to yes. do this. I, I feel like it's so reductive to our intellect to say those kinds of things and so reductive to our capacity for personal growth. And it's just, and I know that it's a, um, it's a talking point. It's a political slogan, but it's like, you're, who the hell are you convincing with that? It's like, I, the pro-choice um, movement has been, and I know that it's a really complicated thing to um, try to have people understand why abortion is something that people need to be able to access freely and with um, resources, right? So it's complicated, but they have done a piss poor job at actually rolling out narratives that are compelling and you know and i think that the that whenever you're trying to convince some you know a group of people of anything quite often the truth gets lost in that yeah yeah so that might be part of the issue and you can understand why it get, gets lost right like of course access to abortion is like vital and important it right. just like you said it doesn't cover the bases like there's so much more to talk about so you can see how abortionist healthcare leaves lots of, like gives lots of power to protecting it as a right. Like this is something we need access to, but it just misses the mark for so many people like me and many, many, many of my clients who are like, I didn't cry after other healthcare procedures. Like this is so much more like, why am I so sad? And what the heck am I supposed to do with it? Um, yeah. So yes. yeah, I just thought that was so interesting. And, and what stuck out for me was on page 80 of your book. Um, and I'll just read this. I asked Cassie before we started, if she would read some things from her book, but this is just a quick little spot. Um, at the bottom of page 80, you wrote, um, my secret wasn't that I had an abortion. And that really resonated with me because I like talked so much about my abortion, but I still had all these secrets. And people are like, what do you mean? Like, you talk about it so much. Like, how can there be more? And like, uh, yeah, it happening was not the secret part. <laughs> um, 
everybody knew about that, you wrote. My secret was that it had been a big deal, that I wasn't sure mine was the right decision, that I was afraid to live the life my abortion had granted me, afraid to fly at full wingspan, and I felt I was going mad. That like just speaks to so much of the work that I do. I'm like, you had this experience, now let's live a kick-ass life because that's why you made your you made your choice for some reason for something more than that pregnancy at that time like let's go do that yeah and there is like that little like guilt that can i mean for me it was like a feeling of am i allowed to do this now like for me the like choosing an abortion was such a it really was like me making the choice of for my life and before my abortion I could kind of like claim a little bit of powerlessness over my life and like, yeah. well, somebody else, you know, I'll just go along with this thing because everybody else is doing, you know, oh, like blaming, you know, it was like thinly disguised blaming of, of others yes. for like the trajectory of my life, you know, like my parents, I'd like, to, you know, just subtly like plant a seed if I was talking to somebody that like, well, they didn't want me to do this. So I did this, you know, half measures thing. But when you, when I had an abortion, I was like, I am choosing my life right now. Yes. And now I need to live <laughs> full wingspan. And that was really freaking scary because it requires having agency and claiming agency. Yeah. And so we're so conditioned to be like victims, you know? Um, and, and it's, and it, it's easy at least for a while to, to pretend to be a victim of your life, you know, and after you have an abortion, if you've chosen it, not, not everybody obviously has, has full choice. And even with mine, it was, you know, the guy wasn't that interested in being a father, you know, but, um, but I really did stake a claim in my life and had yeah. to own it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it is a powerful decision for most people. Not for mm -hmm. all people, for some people, it's just like, I got pregnant, I had an abortion. Great. But that's not the people mostly who are listening to my podcast or reading my Instagram posts. Um, I think when we recognize what a powerful choice it was, then we are like, well, shoot, now I have to own that power. And what am I going to do with it? If I, you know, if I made such a big decision for myself and my life, like, what other big decisions are next and what am I going to do about them? So well put. Yeah. And then it's like, then the dilemma that you and I faced is I made this gigantic, powerful decision. Who the heck am I supposed to talk to about it? Exactly. You and I are like, okay, I have this, all this power in my hands and no one to walk the line with me. Yeah. It's like, I've got a full tank of ga gas guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go to the moon now, but yeah. I'm like scared. And yeah, cause you do need, that's why, that's why what your work, your work is so important. Like you need somebody to stand there with you because there's no longer the delusion that you, that we don't have the power over our lives to do, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we desire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so, uh, it's like life, all of life, right? It's so complex and so many layered and you know, that's the conversation I just want to keep having is like, let's talk about how confusing and complex it is. Mm -hmm. If we just talk about it, we break a little bit more of the stigma and the confusion and the frustration. And yeah, so here we are. 
Okay, so I would love it if you would read this next little section. Okay, it's on page 198. <clears throat> okay, I'm here. And at the bottom, it's at you write my body. It starts with my body, my choice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> and then like read through that next paragraph. This was the, super powerful the, for me. The long paragraph? If you don't mind. No, I don't mind at all. Okay. <laughs> that you wanted me to read all that <laughs> i okay. do i think it's so important for us to understand the the foundation of why we're so confused <laughs> that, okay that is really important okay so i'm gonna read it now my body my choice such was the feminist story that was already out in the world and available for me to tell it made me feel like a good feminist to tell it but it was ridiculously problematic that story what that story didn't say was the same conservative system that set up so many of us to get pregnant by accident was the same creepy system that made bringing a child into the world seem like a brutal thing to do. The same system that taught abstinence-only sex education and told girls that our sexuality was dangerous and dirty and the sole source of our value and gave boys and men no responsibility for their sexual behavior and taught everyone to grasp somewhere outside themselves for self-esteem and used religious dogma to erode our connection with divine guidance was the same system in which I got pregnant. The same system that paid women significantly less than men and refused to guarantee a livable minimum wage and denied paid parental leave and subsidized daycare was the same system that shook their heads at the scourge of addiction and waged a war on drugs and locked up would-be fathers like Noah and branded them with felony records that followed them for life and made them unemployable. Was the same system shaming people for using government assistance to support their families? Was the same system that looked down upon teen moms and single moms, particularly if they weren't white and wealthy? Was the same system that said abortion was murder and shut down abortion clinics? Was the same system that said our feelings of devastation meant that something was wrong with abortion without admitting that something was wrong with their system? Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> you do read stuff like that and you're like, oh, I wrote that. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> at the whole yeah. time you were reading, I was like thinking about this most recent decision by the Supreme Court about birth control and the fact that now employers can choose to deny birth control to employees. I'm like, these systems are so broken. Literally insane. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of traditional birth control, but I am a huge fan of expansive choice and everyone having a choice in what they want to access and do in their lives. And that is just so ridiculously absurd, right? Like it's, it's just not teaching sex education and then holding you responsible for, for pregnancy. It, like even as a teenager, it's like, I'm not going to teach you how exactly you got pregnant, but if you get pregnant, you better keep that baby. Like, but if you do, you're going to get in a lot of trouble and everybody's going to judge you. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a free system. It just has us so tied up. I mean, even just reading that, I felt so constricted. Like I felt like I was tied up in cords, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then like, on the other hand, if you access, if you untie yourself, if you have an abortion, 
and you, um, you know, you choose to be free. Not that it's that reductive that abortion is freedom. It's not. In fact, sometimes, you know, there are quite a few mental fetters or physical fetters that follow you after that. Um, but if you can choose the potential to be free in that way, that you're then going to be told you're not allowed to go through the emotional processing it takes to move through the fetters. So it is like, it's so insane. I mean, it's like, the system is crazy. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. It, but the cool thing is like, if we, here's like the really cool thing about abortion. And I feel like, you know, if somebody, if anybody listening is like someone who believes in these like soul path, I mean, I don't love the word soul, but like, just like, like, some deeper element of like choice at like a spiritual level or metaphysical level and why we go through certain things in our lives. Like, yeah, I believe those of us who choose to have an abortion and feel the weight of these contacts are meant to be the most free people who ever walk the face of the earth. Right. Because we have to be completely yeah. released from what other people think of us. Yes. Okay, that brings me to one of the other places I highlighted. <laughs> but I totally agree with you. I think it is what many women see as their greatest source of struggle or one of their greatest sources of struggle. Like the thing they can't stop thinking about, the thing that keeps getting in their way, the thing that keeps coming back even when they push it away is actually their greatest source of strength. And they just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So before I read this to speak to that point, I just want to say like that other last thing you read, like I didn't have Cassie read that so that we could talk about how to solve the system. Right now, it's just like, let's just see that it exists this way and relieve some of the pressure about why we're so confused, right? Just like shine a light and go, okay, I'm not as crazy as I think. Like everything I've ever learned is crazy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, can I just add, that these obviously like these things are crazy like as we we can see that it's literally insane like when i say crazy i mean literally insane like it does not it's nonsensical to to do these things it's manipulative like, like the whole system is a manipulation on our emotions and in our minds but the thing is that you know by the time we're having an abortion unless we've done a ton of free a ton of work in our lives on releasing limiting beliefs and um fear we're going to be bound up with those thoughts because we've literally been brainwashed with these, these conflicting narratives and beliefs and judgments for our entire lives. Yeah. So then, so the work becomes, how can I undo those beliefs and judgments and fears like one at a time yeah. and not carry resentment around about the system because that's not free either, but walk forward, like having done that work. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like abortion is an opportunity to learn who you really are. And it comes back to that, the power of the choice, right? Like I am such, like, if you can find the self-love and the self-compassion and the connection to some kind of spirit, no matter like some kind of energy beyond yourself, you realize like, I am, this is an opportunity to learn and love who I am and what it means to be human and what it means to have connections with things you don't understand and all of it. Like, so powerful. Okay, on page 207, I'll just read it because it's just quick. Um, you wrote, in, in regards to this, you wrote, 
because women who have had an abortion have seen beneath the surface. Many know secrets about the world that nobody talks about, like that having an abortion is a wilderness that we will actually kill in order to protect ourselves and our cubs, that the world is not safe for our bodies and our children. Like, oh, it just like opens doors for me, especially as a mom who chose abortion. Like my story is very much like a huge part of my choice was like, I talk, I talk about it like as if I'm in a lifeboat and I have to save some of my family, but not all of them. And like when I had the unplanned pregnancy, I was like, who do I save here? Like I've got three children and a marriage that I don't think are going to fare so well with another pregnancy. So I need to save someone and I need to let someone go. And it, there's this, the complexity of the decision making alone is gigantic. And it's, it's so big. It's not a place you see in many other places in your life. Right? Like, yeah, go ahead. Say what totally. you want. <laughs> totally. Okay. So first of all, I love that analogy of the life, the boat and needing to choose. And in Japan, um, the word abortion is mabiki, and mm -hmm. it means culling the seeds. So you choose to cull the seeds so that the stronger seeds can survive. Yeah. Right? And so that's, that's the actual word for it. And it has this like um, kind of natural uh, metaphor there. Mm -hmm. I, so your, your analogy just makes so much sense to me. Um, and I, I love, you've literally picked out the passages that were like, like I know some, some of the parts in the book I wrote so that people who haven't had an abortion could understand, but then some of the parts of the book I wrote for like people who've had an abortion, like for sure, you know, like right. you all know certain things I can say that are going to be like, oh yeah, you know, and the, you picked out like the exact passages that I kind of like literally, so you, you don't know this, but at the end of my book, right before it went to press, I pulled, um, I, I cut 30 pages and I added a ton of content that was just like brave. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to say the brave things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> down almost every one of those like passages that I have, that I added at the last minute, you know, that was just like the brave things. And, um, and you're right, like, like you're right what I, what, what you're you right that. about what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that we know, we've seen, like, beneath the surface, like, how, like, it's, it's a deep, dark power, not a dark power, yeah. but. Just, you know, what just popped into my yeah. mind was, like, soldiers who've been at war. Yeah. Like, they understand something that we could never fathom, whether we support, you know, defense funds and war and the arm, like all of it, like there is knowing in them that we will never understand. It's so deep and rich and like soul driven or like, I know you said you don't like the word soul, but like, I don't even, I just don't know the word. Like it's so much bigger than what we, most of us know as humanity. It's like a profundity, an understanding of profundity of like the range of what life can be. Yeah. That people who haven't had these sorts of experiences of, of abortion in the way that we experienced it, you know, and 
and being a soldier at war. I often, at the beginning of writing my book, I had a lot of stuff about soldiers in there. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it does seem that there's just a, a knowing or a wisdom that can't be read about. You can only experience yeah. that level of, of like, just understanding the great, it's like what, what really good preachers or priests have. Yeah. Um, you know, people who have seen, seen the depths of life. Totally. I just, there's a really, really sweet, do you ever watch shows on Netflix? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So have you seen Atypical? No. What is that? Oh my God. This is the sweetest show ever. Um, it's about a senior. Um, he, I think he's a senior, maybe a junior in high school, autistic, um, young man and his journey into like dating and finding love and like what that looks like as an, and then his, how his entire family revolves around, you know, his autism and just like, so Aww. it's just so good. But anyway, he's in an ethics class in college. He ends up, he's in this like ethics class and for someone on the spectrum, it's a really hard moral. There's some really hard moral dilemmas. Like, it's not right or there's no right or wrong here. Like, like sometimes you're going to have to choose things that don't totally make sense in your brain because of they're just like gigantic ethical dilemmas. And that's like the soldier thing for me. And that like, if you're actually in, in war, right? Like if you're actually on a battleground, having to make unimaginable decisions, you can't describe them. You can't like, well, this is the right thing to do. Right. I love that. Yeah. It's a, it's a deeply non, non-rational, like human experience that can't be described. Yeah. 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 And most, and many people never face things like that in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of parents and mothers do, I would say. Yes. Um, okay. So I want to hop back to page, um, 200, which is actually just right after that long thing I made you read. <laughs> Asked you to read. Um, but you speak here to something I've talked about a lot, and I feel like it's one of those places where you can only understand it if you have been through it in the way that you and I have. And you wrote, I saw suffering as knowing that something was wrong with the whole experience of getting pregnant and feeling that terminating it is the most loving choice. Oh, those two words. But not knowing how to articulate what felt so wrong. And I think when you explain to someone, even a previous version of myself, like the women's studies girl who was like 20 and in college and like studying feminism, I don't think I could have understood how abortion was a loving choice. Like, intellectually I could have understood that you know anything a woman needs to do to take care of herself is a loving thing but we're talking about being a mom and children and like I never could have understood that until I was faced with the decision of going like what is the most loving thing I can do for in the highest good for everyone involved like not just this pregnancy um, yeah. So when yeah. you wrote those, those two words, really loving choice, I could have just said loving choice. <laughs> <laughs> just introduce this whole, this whole conversation, yeah. <laughs> loving choice. Yeah, it is so true. I mean, 
the, I don't remember if I kept this in the book because you know you go through so many iterations but yeah at a certain point the kind of like driving question was what is an act of love yeah and it's so when you're in that moment I, I just had this memory right after right before my abortion like I was in my bunk bed because I was literally in, in college so I'm like on the top bunk yeah. pregnant just like <laughs> look looking at the wall and like holding my belly which doesn't didn't look like anything because I was like you know eight weeks long you can't see anything but just being like kind of in communication yeah. with the being that was there just being like oh my gosh like what can I do that would be loving right now yeah. you know and yeah. it really is it's like one of those things it doesn't matter I don't think it matters how old you are or you know, once you're in that situation, you just kind of are transported to another, um, just another way of thinking. Yeah. And I, and I do, I agree. Like, I think that somebody, that it really is, um, a loving, compassionate choice. It, One of the situations. questions I ask myself more than anything else is what would love do? Like anytime I'm in a dilemma, right? Like what would love do? Wow. Um, comes up a lot in parenting, in marriage, in business, all of it. But sometimes we can't intellectually understand what love would do. We have to feel into it and we have to then just trust that feeling. And, you know, in, in my case, like I do have a spiritual connection with this other child that I didn't have. Um, in some ways, I could argue like we have an even deeper, more intimate love than I have with my living children. Mm -hmm. um, but many people would, you know, use the murder argument. Like if you loved her, you wouldn't have murdered her. It's like, yeah, you can only understand that if you are me in this relationship I have with this energy. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. And with the rest of my family and myself and what I want for our life. Um, yeah, because, yeah, and the, the murder thing, I mean, like, the murder thing is just so reductive. Ugh. It's the healthcare, you know, it's such a deeper experience, you know, for me, it was, like, saying, not now. Yeah. Like, I can't give you what you need right now, yeah. so I'm not going to do this right now, you know. Yep. Yeah, but, and maybe we're meant for something other than, you know, a human experience together. That's kind yeah. of how I feel. And I don't feel that way for all of my clients. I don't think that every woman who has an abortion is meant to have some spiritual connection with that energy. Mm -hmm. It's just what works for me. And like, for me to understand that this is what was supposed to happen from that pregnancy, not another, you know, round of changing diapers and wiping butts and paying for college. Like, <laughs> this is what that baby came here for. Like, and I don't think that's the case for all, I think with each woman, you have to, that's where the one-on-one -on -one coaching comes in. It's like, let's talk about your unique situation and what you were supposed to do next and what, what this all means for you. Cause it's not what it means for me. It's different. Yeah. There's like some kind of gift that wants to be actualized or expressed in every, I, I believe in like every person's abortion who feels more than who who has like lingering thoughts or emotions around it like there's some expression that wants to come forth yeah and for you god like thank god look at all that that has come from your experience with abortion like i just feel how connected you are to that to this the spirit of this 
um, energy and then also like what you've been able to put forward to the world and like offer to to so many people like what a comfort what a gift what an act of love like what you're doing right now is well it's really fascinating too because there's a you know that argument like what if you're terminating the next mother Teresa or the next president of the United States well hopefully a more competent <laughs> president of the United States but like, what if you're becoming the next this mother is a perfect Teresa. example like what if her not being born had a greater impact on humanity than her being born right, right. like she's doing more having after the abortion than maybe she ever would have done having come into the world as a human like she's just like these are just ridiculous questions to ask like because we don't know if that baby was supposed to be born maybe they weren't supposed to be born maybe that was the whole point <laughs> yeah yeah and it could be like you know who like who you're becoming yeah in the process you know or yes. who, whatever this um, being or experience that was supposed to shape Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Like, like what would be lost if you, if you had brought this child form and uh, forward in physical form rather than yes. the relationship you have, you know? Which some very um, amazing, like well-known figures and celebrities have said, like, look, I wouldn't have this acting career if I hadn't had that abortion. Like I wouldn't be able to do the work I'm doing now. Um, yeah, and some women, it's like, I had an abortion so I could get that next job promotion, so I could start that company, so that I could run that nonprofit, like. Yeah, and I think the piece that gets left out of that kind of like, that when people say that, now I don't know what everybody means, but it's so interesting because I think what people think is like, I had an abortion so that a child wouldn't get in the way of that, like, so I just, but sometimes it's like, no, because the experience itself propelled me forward yes. and gave me a voice or gave me some kind of superhuman strength or drive or desire to move forward and create something. Oh, I 100% agree. And I'm so glad you like reiterated it that way. Absolutely. Like that comes back to that, you know, that whatever we just read at some point about going beneath the surface like women who've had an abortion have seen beneath the surface and have this strength this knowing that mm. always will be with them if they choose to see it that way all right well one of the last things i would love you to either read yeah, there's two more places but one i one i just find so fascinating and would love for you to either read or just talk about you pick um kind of starts on page 261 but it's about your like the constitution of the united state of me <laughs> <laughs> and your articles and i just like i love the way you wrote these articles so you can either read them or just talk to us about like what that meant for you to like write the the, the constitution I'll, of the united state of me <laughs> i'll read it i'll read it because i feel like People are going to be like, what is it? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. A constitution of the United States of me. In order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare of my heart and mind and body, and secure the blessings of liberty to myself and my posterity, I do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of me. Article one. All power herein granted shall be vested in the God within me. Article two, 
pain, loss, rejection, and suffering. These four are my friends. When they knock on my door, I invite them in and pull up the seat and feed them bowls of love and let them rest. Article three, I hereby vow not to go around taking polls to help me make decisions, no matter how big or small. Nay, I shall sit down on my trusty meditation cushion, lob my question and await the answer. Article four, my mistakes are my muses. Article five, I shall thank my protesters. They are me in disguise. Mm. Article six, section one, I shall grieve, I shall grieve, I shall grieve. Section two, grief doesn't have a half-life or a stop time. Grief is a practice. 30 seconds, no distractions, no analyzing. Section seven, I shall take up some fucking space. Done in convention by the unanimous consent of the state present the 18th day of June in the year 2012 and of the independence of the United State of me in my 28th year of life. In witness whereof I hear, I have hereunto subscribed one name, Cassie. Uh, I just <laughs> love it. It's like, so um, I assume you give people permission to borrow those articles if they don't want to write their own. <laughs> yes. Please have the, that United State of me for you. The United right? State of me. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, I'm feeling stuff, stuck. Which article do I need to refer to? Oh, I need to grieve. <laughs> oh my God. Grief is like, cures so much. Right? Um, and I love, one thing I love about grief is when people are like, no, I've been there. I did that. Like, I already did all my grieving. I'm like, and then you evolved into a new version of you and found another layer of grief to uncover. <laughs> Grieving never ends. I mean, life, right? is, life is grief. There's no end to this because uh, grief happens anytime you have a change, make a choice or have a loss. When is any of that not happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so good. All right, so we're pretty much like, I don't wanna take up too much of your time and um, it's so hard to wrap up podcast episodes. But there's one thing at the toward the end of your book that it's on page 298. And I just think it's so applicable right now. And it is um, something I think we can all check in with in this most would describe chaotic year of 2020. <laughs> so if you would just read that paragraph that's the practice. Um, the yeah. practice of love. Um, and then we can just kind of wrap up talking about how to apply that to our lives right now. <laughs> okay, got it. I love it. The practice of love demands that you see peace where everyone else sees war. Even when presented with evidence of war, you must see peace instead. When everyone thinks you're bonkers for staking a claim on peace, see peace anyway. Acknowledge and comfort the suffering. Speak out and alleviate the suffering in concrete ways and ask them to see peace with you. When you cannot see peace because war is everywhere, war and angst and suffering and scarcity and evil, call upon all your superpowers and magic and prayers and arts and rituals and exercises and gods and monsters of love to help you see peace instead. But also, don't be an idiot. I forgot to tell you to read that part. <laughs> That's the other one, but also don't be an idiot. <laughs> okay, because that part kind of like makes the rest of it just so even more amazing. It's like, and I think that's what, you know, if 
some of the biggest things I've learned in the pandemic and in this look at um, anti-racism and the systems we've built um, and now like as we're facing the system of education and like what the heck is going to happen in our country um, yes retreat to peace retreat to inner knowing be the one who sees the vision but don't be an idiot and not get out there and vote or get out there and like um, not that you're an idiot if you don't vote, but the idea is like, you still have to take action. Like you can't ignore the war around you. Right. So you, so you, well, you do positive denial <laughs> and positive denial is, I think Martin Luther King talked about this is where you deny it in a positive way. So you can see peace. You insist on the vision, even as you handle and deal with all of the shit. So deal with the depression and the anxiety, deal with the grief that's coming up, feel it all the way through, deal with your fear, deal with your resentment, deal with your limiting beliefs, deal with the, the you know, um, heal the people around you, or at least be there, listen to the people around you, feed the hungry, like do all the things, pay attention, but also deny that that's the ultimate reality. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> Would you agree that that totally applies right now? <laughs> yeah. You wrote Definitely. that in whatever year. I can't remember when you published this book. I probably wrote it in like 2016. Okay. Well, there's proof, proof that it's timeless. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I needed that. <laughs> uh, I hope that anyone listening will go buy a copy of this book, May Cause Love, and find the parts that stick out for you. Highlight the parts that stick out with you and talk about them with friends. Talk about them with me. Like, uh, you know, talk about them in Cassie's Revolution After Abortion group. Um, but reading someone else's perspective of their experience is so healing and seeing like, oh, I believe that's true too. Or wait a second, maybe I don't believe that's true, but now I know something else about myself. Um, so thank you so much. If you have anything else you want, you feel like someone listening needs to hear, go ahead yeah. and say it. Oh, first of all, thank you so much. This was so fun. Like, I just love, yeah. loved this. You totally yeah. got my book. <laughs> You just totally got it. And I can, I just appreciate it so much. Um, so for anybody that's listening, you can feel free to find me. I'm on the Instagrams. It's Cassie Underwood, K-A-S-S-I-U-N-D-E-R-W-O-O-D. Um, and you feel free to DM me and I'm just like, I'm rooting for you. And if you're suffering or just feeling down right now it's going to be okay just like feel into that sorrow and it will end i promise you it might feel never like it won't but I'm, and i'm sure that amanda says this too all the time but it will <laughs> end and um just just one foot in front of the other and pick up any tools that you see yeah right just try them on i mean that's the, the other beauty of your book that we didn't even talk about it's just this journey of you going let me try this tool let me try this tool let me try this tool and like you know i always i say very frequently that like if nothing else understand the message to just keep looking and keep trying because if you know there's so many things out there that can help people find their way in the world um so just try something on see if it fits if it doesn't you didn't lose anything you just learned that that wasn't the thing exactly but you will find the thing you will find you it will. it'll, it'll be your own little secret recipe of things yes 
just like the practice. <laughs> All right. Thank you so, 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 so much. I can't wait to share this with everyone. And um, I know we'll be in touch. Thank you, my sister. See you soon. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.